This week on the BAMCast, Smooth joins the ranks of Underground, Revolver, Elvis, and Teen Rabbits. One star, we're in. All right, welcome to the BAMCast. Hey, BAMCast. BAMCast. Episode 568. Wow. Numbers keep going up. It's amazing. It's amazing. I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm BJ. And what we do each and every episode of this here at BAMFCast is we go and we watch ourselves a quote-unquote bad movie. And we come in here and talk about it. And at the very end, they get ratings. Good bad movies, enjoyable bad movies. They get one to five jocks and robot jocks. Robot, robot jocks. However, there are bad bad movies and stay away. They get a negative sliding scale, one to five bags and giant bags of trash. Boo. Giant bags of trash. Asterix, pay attention. Uh, <laughs> um... So yeah, uh, we are back. I I I don't even know what year we're on. It's a lot. Nineteen seventy six. Well, no, no. I meant like oh. what year of uh, Black Exploitation History Month? Oh. It's back. The, the joyous time of the year. Yes. Yeah. Hey, it's back. Uh, you don't know. That's what matters. Is that it's back? Yes. It might be ten. Uh, I could it's, not. Tell you it's anymore. a number. It's a high number. <laughs> well, uh, with great numbers comes dwindling numbers of movies that are left to watch. Uh, you know, like uh, Uncle Ben famously said about the rice. Um, well, where <laughs> the fuck are you going? <laughs> uh, I still don't want to talk about this movie. Um, we watched 1975 Sixes. Velvet Smooth. That is the name of the movie. Sorry. But as we've watched so many of these movies, uh, unfortunately, the the choices are now dwindling in terms of like... <laughs> I mean, yeah. We, all right, not. I'm not singling out this genre. A lot of genre movies in the 70s uh, featured heavily uh, uncomfortable situations for women. That was a uh, cheap plot device used by many low budget movies throughout yes. the 70s and into the 80s and even today. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, especially like in that time period, you know. I mean, you know, you're from your death wish of like, you know, like a lot of those movies wallowed in it in a way right. that is no longer acceptable or comfortable to watch right not that it was back then but it's certainly through modern eyes it's like no please don't do that taking that into consideration that not that lops unfortunately a large swath of 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 black exploitation and Mm -hmm. 70s movies in general off the table i mean that's why we haven't watched a lot of like female in the jungle movies because they usually end up being in some sort of terrible pow style camp with rape and stuff and it's like no thank you um so yeah uh that being said this is a one of the lowest budget cheapest made ones we've ever watched i mean besides like a rudy ray moore joint but well i will tell you it is from the director of force four michael fink okay now force four i believe was one we watched right before the pandemic started and that one a uh, the the guy who plays King in this was also a character in that movie as well. Okay. But that one was has to be one of our lowest rated we've ever done because that one was uh, four karate experts are hired to retrieve a stolen African witch doctor fetish doll. I vaguely remember that think, yeah, sort okay. of thing happening on and the podcast. And it was what? just these four people going around uh, randomly kicking people badly. This is also four people going around randomly kicking people badly. This one is way more cohesive than that, but not by much. Even though I just said way more, that does not make it cohesive because Force 4 was incomprehensible. Yeah, I, I must be thinking it of also a had movie because yeah, It also had an actor named Warhawk Tanzania. Who, oh, yeah. Who played a character named Adam. Warhawk yeah. Tanzania. 
I like that you immediately had go into like the you know colonizing news voice because that's what you feel like you have to say. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's like discovering a new place. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, this is among the lowest budget poorly made movies yeah. we've ever watched. It's up there. Yeah, yeah. I mean this is like this is like student high school student film bad levels of I mean to the point it's that it's a little bit better than that. Maybe I mean there there is a guy in late act two, maybe the beginning of act three. He's just a background guy that is in the police station. He's just mm-hmm. talking about some shitty scene or whatever. Yeah, he's had his wallet stolen. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're reminded of like, oh, that guy's acting. Yeah. <laughs> like, that guy's acting. What the fuck have all these other people been doing for an hour? <laughs> mm-hmm. He's not saying anything particularly interesting, but your eyes are immediately drawn to like, what's his story? Like, what, where, what happened to his wallet? I, I was know. immediately more interested in his story. Also, I, I, you know, I think I was immediately drawn in because it seemed like a, it seemed like an out of place scene for, I know I'm jumping way ahead of the plot of the movie that doesn't <laughs> exist, but, uh, it just seemed like a guy that was trying to give a, a suspect description, but not sound racist. And I thought that's where it was going in, in 1976 because mm-hmm. he was just like he's about your height and uh dark hair and it's like you, dark you, you don't want to say black do you like or yeah. whatever <laughs> like you know whatever your your other descriptor is and you're just trying yeah, to be but, cool but you you pinned it exactly like yeah. th- this guy is showing emotion right. and passion and interest yeah and acting, yeah. whereas everyone else that's delivering every other line in their movie in this movie, they're, they're like when a jock appears on SNL. Everyone else, it's just like I am reading a cue card, <laughs> and reading's really not even my strong suit. It feels very much like the first rehearsal of a scene, but they just filmed it, and they were like, "Okay, we're good. We don't need any more takes. Film is expensive," and moved yeah. on. But I mean, that's also a black exploitation staple, sure, so to speak, because so much of this was. People who didn't know how to make a movie, but had a camera. Like I said, I, there, there's no fault in trying other than, you know, I guess continually failing. You know, like, you you, you know, to the point, like, you're you're watching this movie and it's like every once in a while when, like, something happens and it's like, oh, that's what you do when you're making a movie. Interesting. Like, and mm-hmm. you, you remember this all of a sudden that it just happens so few and far between that it's like, oh, yeah, you actually lit this right. Or, oh, you didn't have the boom mic halfway through the frame. You know, like, not <laughs> and, just and you not peeking in. Like, yeah. like. Like literally, like in the midway point of the frame, like where the horizon line should be in a frame, on you know a standard yeah, frame. Yeah, and you can the see the mic, mic moving back and forth between, depending on whose dialogue it is. Yeah, that was so fun to watch that thing just like ping back and forth yeah. every time. It's just like this little penis on the bottom of the screen going, <laughs> "Hey, hey, yeah, hey. yeah." They went with the low boom too, with no cover or anything to make yeah. it blend. It was just the, the silver microphone, bare bare shotgun mic mm-hmm. on the bottom of the screen. Well, did they even have lav mics back then? Well, so it happened again. There was a there was an overhead boom that came in later where they put a green sock on it to uh, to hide it in the house plants, but you could still see it. Mm-hmm. So at least they tried. I mean, it yeah. was like it was that one was a little more. Effort. Yeah, it was like oh, they put a, a green wind sock on it, so it almost blended into the house plants. But there it is. But yeah. okay, so basic plot of the movie: there is a there's a guy named King, and he runs. They say he runs the numbers game, but he's running underground. Well, actually, no, that's the other guy that's running underground gambling. We never actually see him really actively doing the numbers game. Just that we know from other black exploitation movies now what the numbers game is. Right. It's the underground lottery system based on uh, the horse pits or the horse races. Is that what it was? Like the positions they came or in? Or it's just literally a number, no, it's just a number draw. It's just numbers. Oh, is that, yeah. it was, okay. I thought, it, I thought we figured it's, out it was based on something because you had to have like an outside force so they couldn't just be like, oh, nobody it, won. I think it could be. I think it could be based on yeah. that. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. But it's also so many of these movies, they're running the numbers mm-hmm. because it feels like almost like a victimless crime. Whereas it's because inevitably, as we find out, Velvet Smooth has to help him find out who's ripping him off. Right. Yeah. And you do the numbers game because it's like, oh, he's not hurting anybody because somebody wins some money. You know, right. it's not like this guy's actually a pimp or a mafia boss or something that is doing all this shit that is right. exploiting or doing harm to the community in yeah. some way. Whereas the numbers is just uh, it's some gambling. It's not a big deal. They're keeping the money in the community. You know, that sort of thing. It's it's no- it always feels like it comes back to the numbers game in all these movies because that's a crime that we can be like. That's not too bad. Right. They can it's not help even him like drugs. Out. I mean, drugs and I mean, yeah, prostitution in in in. But black it, dynamite. It, I sell drugs to the community. <laughs> but I mean, prostitution in, in, in its purest sense, if the person is making the choice to do that, should not necessarily be looked upon as as a crime per se. You know, I mean, it, it's a choice. But yes, the, but at that time, but the reality is, it's is that a very different yeah, it, it you know, there's sex landscape. trafficking and a lot of like other things. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm saying that like it, it's similar, but like a numbers game is literally like, well, the state may or may not be running a lotto. And you're just doing the same thing, but you're, you know, fucking over the man. And mm-hmm. that's everyone going to get behind that. I mean, you know, the, yeah. the spirit of America is about fuck the man, you know, taxation mm-hmm. without representation. It's in our core inherent values. People are always wondering why we're against the government. It's like, that's where we came from. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. we should always be at our, at our government's throats. <laughs> that's our fucking nature. But uh, anyway, but anyway, yeah, I mean, say like that's. The numbers game is like, yes, there's no I mean, if drugs. Yeah. is like you're hurting somebody because somebody's dying on the drugs. Prostitution, you may be hurting the women. And the numbers like, game, whatever. Just, yeah. Yeah. They, they gave their money willingly. Yeah. But yes, somebody is uh, siphoning money slash also there's just a, a hooded gang mask or mask mm-hmm. gang that goes around. There's a group about eight guys that just run around and beat up local shop owners it, and rob them. At the beginning of the movie, it's not clear. It just seems like they're just terrorizing random people i guess we find out over the course of the movie all the people that they hit were involved in being drops for the numbers game because mm-hmm. i mean at first it just seems like they're beating up vegetable fruit stand guy who does magic tricks for the kids mm-hmm. and it's like what did that guy do what the hell are yeah, you beating him that guy for? ran a candy store yeah. <laughs> right yeah and they beat the shit out of him yeah um, wasn't there like a really old guy they beat the shit out of too? Like even older than that guy? I thought there was like a guy with a mm-hmm. cane or something too. I it was just like it seemed it was just at first it was just like oh this is random thuggery happening. I mm-hmm. don't know. Yeah, because the first guy, I mean, it opens with a dude running a laundromat and they're like ringing the bell and he he's like wait hang on and then comes out and just yeah gets the crap kicked out of him and they take like literally at maximum forty dollars, which even in nineteen seventy wasn't that much money to get the shit beat out of you for. You could almost buy a new Lincoln for $40 in 1970, I'm sure. You are right. You That is a down payment on a house in 1975. Yeah. So I, st- house, I stand corrected. $1,000 in that's like a That's like gas for a year. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, at first, it, it, there's no, it's just like, why are these guys beating this up? Then we're going to introduce King, and King very quickly is like, hey, number two guy, do you know what's going on? I don't know, but I'll figure it out. Ah, screw that. I'm going to call Velvet. She's the pro. Mm-hmm. We don't really know what Velvet's qualifications are other than her name is Velvet Smooth, so clearly she's here to kick ass and take names. The poster tells us she's a private eye. Okay. The poster tells us that. I don't remember the movie once. It does not. In fact, I thought she was some kind of, like, kung fu prostitute because... I mean, I'm not. Tr- I'm not yeah. trying to be disparaging <laughs> no. to her, but she seems like the way part- she's introduced is very prostitutish. It just seems like you know, it's like I will kick ass, but I will also just fuck whomever to get information or mm-hmm. where I need to be, or just 
I don't know, because it's fun, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. let's not deny that. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not being disparaging to her. It just seemed like yeah. it was like, all right, you know, whoring by day and fighting crime by night. I don't know. It's that's it's sounds, down yeah, for whatever. Yeah. Seems pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, no, okay, she's a private eye. And mm-hmm. she has a group of two other ladies that work for her. One of them is maybe studying to be a lawyer. That's the way it sounds, because they, they say if she keeps studying like this, she'll be on the Supreme Court in a year, which implies that she's studying a lot. Also, that would be weird to go straight from not having passed the bar to the Supreme Court within a year, but... That's how much she's studying. That's really impressive. She's doing great. I guess that was the San- that was the day in the Sandra Day O'Connor. It only took her a day. <laughs> right, right. She was on the short list, from what I've heard. Yeah, um, but yeah, and then it's just them going around and investigating and or getting jumped and lots of incoherency for about the next hour. I mean, well, it's just... It's, it's yeah. immediately... It's This movie is strange in that it kind of solves the case three times before they finally end the movie. Mm-hmm. But when we're first, we first meet his number two, uh, what is his name? Carl or something? Cedric? Calvin. 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 Okay. Calvin. One of them has to sit with Calvin and go over the books because they told her like, check everything. If there's a zero out of place, we need to know about it. And he's immediately like, bitch, I got this. You don't need to be looking at my books. Right, and then he's, yeah, he like takes if you a call. See a movie, it's like, oh, it's him. Yeah, well, it, <laughs> right. Yes, because he takes a call, kicks her out of the room, and immediately is like, "Oh, you missed a drop. You didn't get them. We need to fix this." And it's like, okay, so he's the bad guy, right? Because because one of them gets away immediately because when Velvet sends out her girls, they follow one of the uh, one of the bag men who those guys chase him, and she is able to beat the crap out of eight, nine, ten guys, and let him get away. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that Calvin's all pissed off about later. But all of these fight scenes are just chicks with kicks. A lot of kicks coming from these chicks throughout, and it's all really... It's bad. It's some of the worst choreographed fighting we've seen. Yeah. It was it all... Is it, was all it, it is... I mean, it literally looks like when you and your friends were eight years old, and you're like, we know karate! Mm-hmm. Even though we've we've only watched a karate movie. You know, we watched The Karate Kid and then wanted to go kick each other. This is what this movie looks like. Right, but also still kids, like where you don't have full motor control over your body. Correct. Like, I mean, right. where it's just like, you know, you go for a kick and you're like, oh, wow, that went way higher and further out than I'm into, and I mm-hmm. looked insane when I did it. Yeah, this whole thing was choreographed by Bruce Lee's brother, Bad. It's not good in any way. And I wish I could say they're enjoyable in a bad way, but they're really not. They're just kind of, they keep going on and it's like, okay, I've seen her kick this dude so many times. That's one of the problems. And also kind of one of the funny things about this movie is we'll watch the same person get beaten up three or four times. And it's not like they're trying to be clever and swap them out or anything. It's just, no, they keep running back and getting kicked again. And then they'll fall, you know, they'll, they'll fall down for a minute and then get back in line to get kicked again. Yeah, it's and it's, it's a lot of, like, six dudes are fighting one person and, and five of them are waiting while one's fighting them. I mean, I mean, just stupidly, like, doing the idle animation from, like, Street Fighter while they're behind them. You know, it's just like, yeah. dude. Well, and it's, it's also people who, like I've said, they own a camera, but they don't know how to make a movie. Mm-hmm. Because they don't film anything in a way that hides that, oh, that punch never connected. That kick never connected. They're just like, oh, let's lock it down and shoot it from the side. There are a lot of strange, and I guess I wouldn't even call them choices, just, I don't know, how things panned out, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. in, a, in a in a better movie, there's a way to do this and have it work and be effective. It, and this movie is just annoying as shit. Uh, where 
you'll have one of these crazy fight scenes where it's just, it's almost like a Donnybrook because people are just mm-hmm. flying around with no sense of choreography or anything like that. Yeah, there's a point late in the movie where people are just running past. Yeah. Like whoever's fighting. Just run by them. Um, But like they will do this and like you know, the soundtrack will kick into high gear and then it will cut away to like somebody coming to that scene with no soundtrack and mm-hmm. hardly any foley for the people. So you have this like... To like this, yeah. It also does a weird <laughs> walking up to the next yeah. scene, and it's like all the fight scenes in the soundtrack also have a weird uh, reverse section in all of them. Oh, okay, I didn't. Yeah, that. It, like like the the music itself is reversed at certain points in the song. Oh, okay. So it's doing the root, 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 zit thing, and it's really unnerving. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in other movies, there's there's an interesting thing to be like there's comedy and or uh juxtaposition to be had in editing like that, where you have this cacophonous fight scene happening to mm-hmm. over to complete silence of just some people coming up on it. You know, like, I mean, mm-hmm. you could have that build up to something in this movie. It's just, it's almost like they edited the, the whole scene and then decided to be like, you know, what if we spliced some of this other, you know, action in between, but it was mm-hmm. already like finally edited with the soundtrack and everything. So they just, hard cutting these other little scenes, mm-hmm. you know, instead of like, well, yeah, with, in, the, in the one where the casino gets robbed later on the underground casino yeah. where she has taken the owner back to her place. Right. To, to, yeah. Cause it's sexy time. Mm-hmm. That one's probably the most egregious of that because there's, it's, there's a lot more happening yeah. at the casino itself where people are getting, they're screaming and mm-hmm. there's one chick who fights back and gets beat up and, and just, and I people really like, understand who she was. She, she's just a dealer, but also she's, one of the Charlie's Angels ladies or something? I don't know. I, I feel like Velvet has a conversation with her the first time she goes into the casino. And it was like, oh, you're working? She's like, yeah, you know I need the extra money. Something like that. Okay. So, like, she might have been on Velvet's team at some point in time. Mm-hmm. I... Yes. Oh, the blackjack dealer. Yeah. Yeah. So, something like that. But, but yeah, there's another scene that happens with another crazy fight. And then the, the two detectives are getting there. And, mm-hmm. and it's just like they're silently walking through hallways and stuff, mm-hmm. cutting back and forth between this crazy fight scene and it's just like oh yeah stop that, that in the sex scene there's just there's way better ways to edit yeah to to build tension i think it, just, it, they it, it makes the understand any of it it makes the the harshness of the soundtrack even worse when you're taken away from it for a second when you're Come, jarring, yeah you when you're jarringly cut away from it go back and it's just like you know mm-hmm. you know the, 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 a lot of the scenes have that auditory alarm feel mm-hmm. like like that like that cue from kill bill that you know like yeah. where it's just like ah stop like there's nothing i like about everything that's happening with the sound here it's just mm-hmm. this is off-putting uh but so yeah they fight a they, lot and then they, yeah, they point fight the finger lot. at calvin yeah because when there's one decent chase scene with with another bag man in the middle of the day where this guy books he like, runs like, so hard yeah all they, of those guys run so hard i give credit to all of the everyone in that scene because they're all wearing like dress shoes too and they, jeans or or like polyester yeah. pants but man they are trucking through new york city and it, it like that yeah. that's the only one that actually feels kind of like it's got some real energy to it and then he's swinging that's the because those dudes are running yeah, yeah. and, and then also, he was also throwing random like kids at them to like <laughs> yeah <laughs> of course <laughs> i why do you think kids exist i don't know yeah if you're being Fire. chased chuck a kid in the way okay. they'll trip them there you go Good. kids are resilient they'll get right back up they'll be like mm. hey what happened children bounce but but they eventually catch that guy stab him and this is where we're introduced to the two detectives that have been checking things out one one guy i guess who's gonna be the lieutenant or something i, I forget what he calls him and then it's his new partner now i got the i got the guy the idea that the guy with the hat actually was in charge of something 
he was. I just I don't remember what they what they said. But he's the one who's he's the cop who's working with everybody. He's in good with the pimps. He's not going to turn them in as long as they keep things under control. You know that sort of guy. Right. You know that he's, sort of cop that we're used to like seeing. Like an actual you know peace officer. Like where maybe you let some minor shit go if it's mm-hmm. not going to rile everybody up. Whereas the other cop, you know the the uh, his new partner is just like no, we need to arrest these people because they after after this runner is murdered again. Calvin is there with King. And this is when King is just like, nobody else knew about it, so it had to be you, and starts beating the shit out of Calvin. And kind of like solves the mystery himself without Velvet's help, really. Because yeah. Velvet had said, hey man, it's him. And he's like, nah, he's my best buddy since childhood. He wouldn't do that. And then he's like, yeah, don't investigate me, Velvet. And then so King's like, all right, yeah, leave him alone. Go away. Yeah, and then apparently he plans some sort of, I'm going to I'm gonna give all the information to you that you will pass on to Velvet minus one drop that she won't know about, but only you'll know about. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's it's, conv- it's a convoluted thing of like, only you had this information. So because that's the one well, that got hit, it has to be you, Fredo. Well, yeah, yeah, he does catch him because he said that the other chick had the logs and that was the only drop that wasn't on the logs because he immediately blames velvet for it yeah and he goes no it was you and then beats the shit out of him and he's like get out of here i'm not going to kill you because you're my friend but we're done here and then the cops show up later and the the other cop starts threatening king and the chief is like or lieutenant or whatever he is let's call him lieutenant he's like stop like like knock it off like cut this shit you don't need to be super cop here and it's basically like yeah we'll figure it out See ya. But so they've solved the whole mystery of who it was because he calls Velvet and he's like, yeah, it was Calvin. She's like, yeah, I know. I told you. Yeah, but there's probably, I don't think he was in charge. He was probably working for somebody. Mm-hmm. He's like, whatever, pops some champagne, take the day off. You know, yeah. You're off the case. And that's the movie. I, I was hoping at that point. I was really hoping that was the end of the movie. Up to that point, it felt like it had been two and a half hours. And the rest of the movie felt like another two and a half hours. From here, I don't even remember which things happened, but I know uh, the casino heist is one of them. And that's the whole intercut bad. Okay, everyone gets robbed. She's taking the, the lead guy back to her place to fuck him. Yeah, who I thought his name was Mac, but I think it's just Matt. Like, it's not a cool thing. I think his name was just Matt. <laughs> his name was Warhawk Tanzania. Cool looking guy like this who runs mm-hmm. an underground casino. You expect his name to be something like Mac or, you know, like yeah. some sort of nickname. Something but, cool. But no, I'm pretty sure she was just saying Matt, M-A-T-T. And in a more interesting movie, this would be like, oh, well, she brought him back. And now they ripped off my place. And then it becomes, okay, how does Velvet get out of this? Because now they're all after her. And nope. It's not, they get back, they're like, oh shit, place been robbed, what the fuck? And then from there, it is the next morning, and it's Calvin at the pool hall with all the dudes who robbed the place, basically splitting up the money. And they show up because they've tracked down Calvin, and they're just like, hey, it's time to fight again. And we get the bigger Donnybrook with everybody beating the shit out of everybody. Yeah. And I think I this, this just... is the one where the cops show up, and we get that, where it's super loud, and they're walking yeah. in. Cause, yeah, well, cause... I mean, the casino heist was as well, but this yeah, is yeah. the same thing. Yeah, same thing. But, and that one was just cut between uh, unsexy sex scenes, <laughs> where it, it clearly looks like she and the dude are not kissing. They have just placed her head in front of the camera, looking at him and then moving it. You know, you almost like expect her to wrap her arms around and do like the, you know, the, <laughs> yeah. the rubbing your shoulders thing. Because it's it's clearly filmed. It's, you know, like all the softcore stuff where it's like, uh, I don't think you can, I, I don't think having sex on a belly button works, you know, but it, it feels yeah, like that it same that's thing. where you put the baby in. That's yeah, where it, it feels like that same thing where it's like, no, the angles for this are not correct. Like mm. it, people don't work like that. But anyway, the unsexy sex scene mixed with a heist. This one is unexciting, 
chick kicks mixed with cops unexcitedly yeah. showing up. Yeah, I mean, they, they just show up and then eventually it's just, well, they, they, they show up uh, in time for like Calvin to basically they get They show away. up and yeah, Calvin just runs away as soon as the cop shows up. And we hear like a stop, no. Yeah, you and, don't even hear that. Yeah. You just hear a shot. Yeah. Because the, the lieutenant's just like, hey, knock this off, clean this all up. You four, get out of here. You're the good guys. I know it. And then they come out, and yeah, Calvin's been shot in the head by the partner. And they're all like, uh, he's like, I warned him. I, I He didn't stop. So I shot him in the fucking head. And they're all like, we didn't hear you give any sort of warning. And he's like, no, yeah, I'm a cop. I, I get to do what I want. Even the lieutenant's like, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> really? And they're all like, uh-huh. So they're all suspicious of and, him. And, and they're patting uh, the de- the body down at this point. It's like, yeah, no gun. <laughs> like, yep. He's unarmed. It's like, yeah, more things change, the more they stay the same. Mm-hmm. So they, but the, the lieutenant's just like, you two get out, you four get out of here before everybody shows up and it gets worse. So once again, he's just like, just get out of here. They, they all go back home. And that's when we get a call from a mysterious caller to King. It says, hey, I'm taking over the territory now, just so you know. Yeah, I've been fucking with your business for a reason. I'm not going to cut you out because I like you, but you got to come meet me and I'm going to take over. Mm-hmm. Meet me on the roof of somewhere. And so they meet on top of a warehouse or something on a helipad. And of course, it's the cop who had shot Calvin just moments ago. And this is where we get, as you called it, the the uh, Keystone Cops scene. <laughs> yeah. Because it's all sped up chasing around a rooftop. Well, I mean, they, st- you know, they have some uh, how dare you, how dare you, why, you know, some... Bond villain monologuing of mm-hmm. his motivations and stuff, and they fight normal for a second, but then like the second they decide to take the rest of the roof into the, the fight choreography, yeah, it, it drops to like twelve frames a second and is doing the Keystone Cops, Benny Hill, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. Even those are both of those ones really dated, ones kind of dated uh, mm-hmm. references. Uh, so like the Keystone Cops, <laughs> yes, there you go, yeah, like the silent movie era uh, uh, of action. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it's not good. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Uh, but he, he kills King. Yeah, eventually the cop stabs King. He get, he fights dirty and stabs. Yeah, he get, he gets fucked up a little bit only because of the next scene. It he gets you know a couple slaps to the face or something, mm-hmm. so he has some markings on him. But he kills King, and that's a strange plot twist in this at this point. Mm-hmm. But well, at this point, it's almost felt like King is more of a protagonist than Velvet Smooth is. It's kind of felt like they've been dual protagonists, like like they've had. A, pretty much equal screen time yeah so it feels odd and then now he's just dead we should also mention just because he's not to be about to not be in the movie anymore uh king's look he's kind of got like like a debarge mustache or beard yeah. it's it's like a real thin like not good mm-hmm. kind of trashy looking mustache yeah. van dyke thing um, but then he's got like you know i would say like a commodore's Lionel richie era size fro not huge just mm-hmm. you know impressive enough and but it, then he's got like a like a top knot rat tail coming out of it it's, it's yeah. pretty bad. Uh, and whenever he moves his head, you see it. Yeah. I mean, he kind of looks like a bomb bomb, you know, with his head like that. Yeah. I mean, like he has a fuse or something. <laughs> I guess it would just also just be a bomb, but, uh, you know. He's like a limp snork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dated limp. references once again. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe I pulled DeBarge up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, whatever. You know, I mean, he, if, he you know who, if you know, if you know what like DeBarge is. He could be a DeBarge yeah. brother. Yeah. But he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. And from here, it's... Velvet goes to the cops and is like, hey, I haven't heard from King and I don't trust your partner. There's something weird about him. Like, and, and they both, and they get into this discussion of how, well, you know, when the lieutenant first shot a suspect, he like dropped to his knees and was, oh my God, and held him as he died. And, you know, it was a very traumatizing experience for him, mm-hmm. which it should be. And they're like, yeah, he kind of shot Calvin and was just like, 
huh, that sucked, didn't it? And then she leaves, and in just one of those scenes that probably barely worked in 1976, runs into a guy who looks shockingly like Telly Savalas, but definitely isn't. Yeah. And they just do like a whole like Kojak thing where they like bump into each other and well, he's he, like, yeah, she's like preoccupied walking and, you know, turn around looking at somebody. He's coming out of an elevator with folders, you know, mm-hmm. like people do. And she just bumps in and knocks all the folders down and helps them pick them up. And then it's like, ah, mm-hmm. a man. Yeah. Um, yeah, but but I mean, he, I'm a real sucker. He may, for as those well kind just, of he may as well just wink at the camera as he's picking the stuff up yeah. and they say like, hey, keep doing good work or something like I don't even remember what it was because oh, was was like, he says baby. That was Kojak's yeah. thing. He's like, oh, that's OK, baby. And you yep. know, just smiles and sort of winks and walks off. And it's like, huh. But the guy looks so much like Telly Savalas that I was like, did they fucking talk Telly Savalas? Like, did somebody? I didn't look it up. I mean, for part yeah, no, of it, it is like, not. I mean, is yeah, not. I didn't think it would. I, be. I, and I didn't either because I'm like, no, look at this. Look at this thing. Well, Telly, also... Telly Savalas would have shown up and been like, I got better shit to do today. Yeah, I mean, and the guy was too thin too. Like Telly, yeah, Telly, yeah, Telly, Telly Savalas was Telly Savalas was a hunk of a man. I mean, like. He was a slab of meat. A hunk of a man, like yeah, in, in terms I know, of I know. Yeah, large size. He, he was, was a, a chiseled swarthy. man. Swarthy. But, but anyway, so she leaves and is like, yeah, I still haven't heard from King. I don't know what's going on. And so the partner shows up and the lieutenant's like, the fuck you been all morning? And also, how'd you get the shit beat out of you? And he's just like, ah, nothing. I'm not feeling so great. And he's like, just finish your paperwork and go home then. Yeah. And basically just goes in his office, calls somebody. He's like, we got to meet go to the old warehouse or whatever and the chief is like oh he's leaving immediately hat and follows him out and also velvet apparently tapped his phone because she is listening in actually okay i realize now what what happened okay okay no it's just the the movie (laughs) was so confusing that now i just pieced it together so because it's not recorded right she called his office and played a tape with King's voice on it, she must have pieced together something because he okay. leaves thinking King's still alive and he's going to go finish him off in the warehouse. Oh, okay. so that tape was not a tap; it was playing back something gotcha. from her answering machine or some All shit. All right, yeah, yep. Because remember, they showed her having the dumb reel-to-reel answering machine. Yep, that looked like a Betamax tape. You're right; that was in the opening credits. Yeah, so that's what it was. She did a deep fake on King's voice. And... I'll admit, I had checked out by this point. But yeah, no, that all, I, that I, all makes sense. It only made sense just now in thinking about it. I mm-hmm. not at the time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah he shows up and I'm like where are you king why, why aren't you he, he's he's dumbly monologuing that he's the bad guy to the empty warehouse that's not empty mm-hmm. that's full of the cops and the pis i guess because he's not just like really. where are you king i i killed you and stuff and then out pops the lieutenant with his gun he's like or actually he doesn't come out with a gun he, uh the mm-hmm. partner threatens to shoot him i don't even know what this guy's name is i don't think he ever said his name i didn't even bother to look it up yeah but uh but yeah, he's about to shoot him, and it looks like Velvet has been just hiding behind a laundry basket. Sure. She just sort of creeps out of frames. Yeah, yeah a- along with her three girls, who then who she kicks the gun out of his hand. That's less impressive that this guy brought an entire fucking platoon to fight with him. But... He snuck them in. Okay. Yeah, not just brought them. <laughs> yeah, because this whole sequence sucks. Yeah. For one, but for two, it's just baffling because he has entered this empty warehouse going, where are you, King? What's going on, King? The lieutenant follows him in. Mm -hmm. Velvet and her girls are already in there. They come out, kick the gun away, and he goes, everybody get him. And suddenly there are fucking 40 guys Mm -hmm. running after the these five people who showed up in there. Mm -hmm. Which means the the lieutenant or whomever had to walk through this mob or whatever and not notice mm-hmm. them yeah navigate past 40 guys yeah. somehow it's not that big a warehouse 
But suddenly, okay, guess what? It's chicks with kicks again, and it just doesn't it 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 doesn't end. Yeah, basically, uh, they kick the guy. I don't know. Maybe they kill the partner guy. I don't even really care. But when it's all resolved, basically, the uh, lieutenant guy is like, "Well, back to the numbers game. It was my game all along." Freeze frame credits, and it's just like meet the old boss, same as the new boss. Mm-hmm. Whoever directed this movie, I won't get fooled again. And watch another one. Well, well, we already I got have, fooled twice. I okay. have good news for you. All right, he only made we two. We have watched his filmography. Fuck. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I how do how does that dude die? It's only been an hour, and I do not remember anymore. Something happens to him where he ceases to live, and then he is dead. Yeah, I don't know. I guess. I mean, I, seriously, there were two points in this where I sort of like intentionally try to make myself not off. There was one time when I knew I was safe in doing so, and that was when it was in the nightclub casino or whatever, and the lady sings the entire shitty song. When I realized what I was on for, I was like, ah, oh, this is going to be like three or four minutes. I can rest my eyes. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I, now I'm wondering if it happened during the warehouse. It's just simply because of exhaustion, just because of like how everything is just sort of happening and just coming chaos. out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, as soon as the guys show up, I was just like, oh, what the fuck? I mean, I was just like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, you were supposed yeah. to end here. Yeah. Like, somebody pulls a gun and shoots him instead and that's how you end it yeah forget it but no. it's the numbers game yeah. you had to do another donnybrook they couldn't get enough of that awful kicking i, I will say i one oh, thing it, i did forget to mention is from the earlier one when the, there are two things i like in the pool hall fight there's when one of the girls grabs a cue stick and is fighting another dude with a cue stick and there's actually some fast paced clack 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 Mm-hmm. Like these two people actually understood how to do this. Yeah, and as I recall, like some pretty good hits at the table as someone rolls out of the way just in time. Yes. Yeah. That, yeah. That was all right. That's all right. And also, just before the cops come in, Velvet has a guy pinned down on top of a desk and is just repeatedly karate chopping his balls. Yeah, like just <laughs> over yeah. and over. Like, like classic, you know, like G.I. Joe just discovered the Kung Fu grip style, like yeah, you know, style. Like you're trying to break the board, yeah. except the but board not even like, is this not even like the realistic, like, you know, a, a clenched fist is a little nope. better than an open hand chop. You nope. know? It's just, and she's just chopping yeah. away at this guy's balls when the cops come in and tell her, hey, knock Quick it off. the balls. Yeah. <laughs> and there, there's there's one almost tracking shot where the, uh, the partner guy, who I still don't even know his name, is mm-hmm. going, I think he's going into the warehouse to confront he not is. king but there's like it's almost like tracking him into it which i think is like maybe part of the reason why my brain rejected the uh the goons even more because i was like we just saw this we saw you walk we in saw the there were sequence. no guys this is the only time you've actually set the something up other than oh my god she got in a taxi and she rode in the taxi and then arrived at her location mm-hmm. like every other scene where there was there was just like People are now in a scene and they're talking. This is the only time you've actually like established this guy going into the building, showing us that there are not forty guys at his side, and then they magically appear, you know, like yeah. Batman villains. So the lieutenant yeah. is now running the numbers game. Apparently, he always was because mm-hmm. yeah, because he does say, "I need to find a new guy now." King's yeah. dead, well, and, and, king. and I mean, and it is like a smash to credits. It's like he barely finishes the sentence. Before they're like, bam, names. Yeah. Well, they do directly say, or I think once, I think Barnes says it once, and then the Ramos or whatever guy says it. But yeah, they specifically say the king is dead, which you must by law then immediately reply, <laughs> long live the king, mm-hmm. I, I believe. Uh, we also have a Velvet Smooth song. Yeah. Not a Stargrove. No. No, not Just really. Just because you're saying her name, you're not really narrating anything that's happening. It's, yeah, it's, it's very generic. There's nothing catchy about it whatsoever. Doesn't get a Stargrove. It does not. 
Uh, let's rate this bitch. It does get a rating. Two bags. It's not the worst thing I've seen, but it was terminally boring. It felt like three times as long as it was. If there was ever a good version of this movie, like a, a nice looking version of this movie, we don't got it. This one looked bad. I don't know. Either way, it was hard to what watch. we watched was not great. And the yawning in my voice uh, speaks to this movie, I think. Uh, I, okay, I guess. So. Um, three bags. There was ladies, three ladies, three bags. I don't know. It's not good. <laughs> it's bad. I, I honestly I'm, thought both of you were going to be more harsh on it. I mean, I was real close to a four, but like, I don't know. It's just, I'm thinking about some of the other like four and fives that I've seen. And this one just, I think BJ kind of hit it on the head. It didn't, at the end of the day, it didn't make me angry like a four or five usually does. Yeah. It's just fucking boring and badly made, you know. I was getting serious. Uh, I don't know why. Like, there's been so many periods of, of bad cinema, you know, where just like, certain genres where movies were just so bad but man there was there was an early 2000 to 2010 era where it's just like shot on commercial camcorders with these like you know softcore porn actor people and stuff and they were just bad. i mean it wasn't like they were like there for nudity and stuff it was like we're making a low budget creature flick and it's a bunch of people that have no idea to act and it was like i thought things like that were bad and i'm like i guess this this kind of shit's existed forever just a cast of nothing, but people have no idea how to act or do anything. It just takes different forms over yeah, the decades. Yeah. Uh, the fight choreography was done by, like, Owen Watson. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, wow. Watt-Son. Like, yeah. I don't know if that was supposed to be, like... I'm sure that's a Ha-ha-ha, ha, it's like, oriental-ish. Mac. I have to agree with Three Bags. It's rare when I'm watching a movie to go, oh, no, not another fight scene. But this movie made me go, oh, no, not another fight scene. You know my thing about all movies need to be shorter, and this movie is only 92 minutes, and it feels like God. two and a half hours. Yeah. I can't believe it's only 92 minutes. It felt like two hours. Believe it, least. sister. 92 minutes. And we even cut the credits short, because we were like, okay, the song is not Stargrove. We're not listening to the rest of it. So we missed the part where Nick Fury shows up and recruits her to the shitty Avengers. <laughs> the Shavengers. There's actually just a velvet painting at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, of yeah. Nick yeah, Fury. I, and I, I wish I could go into the whole, like, oh, it's so bad. I'm enjoying this. But it just, we, we just weren't able to mine any jokes out of watching it at all. It doesn't have that charm. No, I mean, it's just more boring than it. That's because I mean, it's, it's sad. That's the thing is like this whole movie is is acted and done in a way of just lethargy. It's like you know, you're, generally when you're like, oh god, that's so bad, it's good. It's because somebody is trying, mm-hmm. and nothing about this movie at any point feels like it's trying. Well, just like the wallet guy we yeah. mentioned in the beginning, yeah. where it's suddenly somebody shows up who's animated and like into what this, they're doing. Just to be fair, this is like such a nothing character, but if you oh, see yeah. the movie, you'll know exactly what we're talking about, because it's just like suddenly a guy is like, uh, you know, like, uh-huh. yeah, just doing acting things and being animated, and you're like, oh shit, that's what that is like, I forgot. Uh, yeah, somebody who's actually going for it, and not like over the top either, he's just like, feels like a real guy, he's like, man, my fucking wallet, man. I mean, that's why people, I mean, I, I look, I still don't get it, but that's why I get it. I do get it. I just don't personally feel the same way. It's why people have their thing about Nicolas Cage, because Nicolas Cage has always turned to at least a nine, if not an 11, you know, like almost Mm -hmm. any movie, you know, and the ones where he's not, it's like, those are the ones where people are like, you know, I'm just saying, at least he's going to bring the energy if like, if nothing else, even if it's Mm -hmm. an energy I don't want to consume most of the time. So it's, but I get it. Like there's an energy there and an energy in some of these bad people. Like Tommy Wiseau is like, is a, 
whatever the hell he is, but at least it is a strange enough personality that it is a personality. Yeah. You know, there's something it's being, something interesting yeah. about him. Yeah, stuff like that. There's something that goes on. There's like there's a train wreck part of the you know part of the movie, or there's at least something that stands out, or there's something that's like so poorly done that it's worth noting. Mm-hmm. And this is just like it's bad, but it's not like good bad. It's mm-hmm. bad bad. Yeah, this is As more. In stay I mean, away. I mean, stay away. I mean, we didn't even mention it, but like one of the fight scenes, just just because if we're talking about the technical aspects of the feature, one of the fight scenes is like clearly shot with it's shot in like Central Park or some other park that's in New York, and they just went out there with like a single par light or whatever, you know, like one light on a stand. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is just yeah. shot from like one spotlight, and a lot of it is like they they put the main actress in like, a yellow shirt, yeah, or like lime green or some shit, just something so it was like oh you can tell her out of this poorly lit scene, but also like mm-hmm. even when she sort of steps out of the the spotlight, you still kind of at least see her form happening, you know. But yeah, I mean, it's, that's just saying that's the kind of level we're dealing with of like how can you make fun of that? It's just like it's so art critic coming and like making fun of a kindergartner's you know finger painting. It's just like. Dude, the kid's trying. Yeah, the kid's trying. So, Mackie, I hear we have an email. We do. Let's discuss that instead of Velvet uh, whatever it was. The Velvet Underground movie that we watched. Right. Yeah. Yes. This one's from Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Jeff's email is titled Scott Adkins. You may have heard of him. Oh, yes. Scatkins, as we call him. I think I asked for this, perhaps. You did. Okay. Jeff said, Avengement is probably his best movie, and he has plenty of charisma in it. He plays the straight arrow younger brother of a local crime lord who goes to prison for crimes the brother committed. In prison, he is constantly attacked and learns to defend himself. And when he gets out, he goes after his brother. It's brutal, bloody, and awesome. He is also the star of the Undisputed series, which has lots of good fighting. He has a good fight against Donnie Yen in Ip Man 3, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Harlow, you and Chuck watched him in Universal Soldier, Day of Reckoning, which is a really, really weird entry in the franchise, but there it is. Mid-movie fight in the sporting goods store that rocks. And he will be in John Wick 4. Brash and burn, sent from my iPhone. Jeff. It was it was Ip Man 4, yeah. which I did Ip, mention in my Ip Man things 4. I've seen Scott Atkins in. Mm-hmm. Which I said it was a good role for him because he plays a racist, unlikable drill instructor kind of guy. Because mm. so far, that's the vibe I'm getting that he works better as a villain. And I'm right, just saying, I, right. show me a movie where he's a good hero, and I might get on board the Atkins diet. Uh, apparently that one. Was, uh, Revengement? Revengement? Avengement? Avengement, I think it was. Avengement. Avengement. Okay. Avengement. That's my least favorite flavor of... <laughs> of mint? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. We appreciate you. Uh, if you would also like to send us an email about Scott Atkins or anything else... Email us bmf at bmfcast.com, or if you want to leave us a message on the Garfield phone, the Bamfcast hotline, 9105-JOX-BMF, or 910-556-9263. That is our voicemail line. You can leave a little message. Uh, if you just want to explore the podcast and related things, uh, bmfcast.com. And if you want to help support what we do here and keep the uh, keep the bad goodness flowing or the good badness flowing, uh, patreon.com slash bmfcast that is where and how we make money to keep the show going it pays for you know all the shit you need to do a podcast like liquor mm-hmm. handcuffs and our scott atkins diet almonds all our velvet paintings of smooth things yes so uh yeah we'll continue black exploitation history month next week next week with something else let's get out of here that's i'm harlow i'm mackie i'm bj and this is bamfcast out Stay fresh, cheese bags.